Tim leaves the bookstore, hands firmly planted in his pockets. A light rain taps gently on the shoulders of his leather jacket. He knows she won't be there, but he looks around anyway. He's taken aback when he gets mauled to death by a lion! Jeez, Walt, how many times? Not every chapter has to end on a cliffhanger. But it's so much more invigorating! It really makes people want to read what happens next! And what does happen next? Tim opens his eyes. It was all a dream. But what about the man with the creaky elbows? Tim, Tim, Tim has woken up about 15 times, Walt. It's impossible to follow. No one is going to have any interest in reading a plot where it can just be reversed the instant someone stops sleeping. This is not Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio. Wow, I see how it is. No, I, I thought you wanted to support my creative career and the next chapter was really reinventing the genre, but that's cool. I'll just give up. I don't want to be a writer anyway. Oh, come on. Don't don't be like that. Alright, go on. How does the next chapter end? No, it's nothing. You, you'll just think it's silly. No, I won't. I really want to know what happens next. You won't yell at me? No, I promise. Alright. Tim leaves the bookstore, hands firmly planted in his pockets. A light rain taps gently on the shoulders of his leather jacket. He knows she won't be there, but he looks around anyway. Wait a second. He's taken aback when he gets... To be continued. Oh, come on. That's how uh, the most of our skits will be written from now on. <laughs> to, 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 to be, be continued. And then James wakes up. <laughs> it's all a dream. The man with the creaky elbows. The Get Commanded podcast never existed. <laughs> Speaking of, welcome to the Get Commanded podcast by the Greensboro Commander community. It's the GCP by the GCC and... POG, Palms Off Gaming, sponsor of this podcast. We're all uniting forces to help you to have better games of Commander. I'm your host, Walt. And hello, Commander players. I'm your other host, James. And we definitely do exist. This podcast really does exist. Yeah. It has a very strong, strong mission. We're wanting to make people have better games of Commander. You Absolutely. say it all the time. Yeah. And if you, listener, that I'm tickling your eardrums right now, if you <laughs> want to support that mission of the Get Commander podcast, helping people have better games, there is no other better way to support the content that we make by other than going to our patreon uh patreon.com slash get commanded podcast there's heaps of really cool benefits go check it out um we've recently just made it so every single patreon tier now gets a shout out in an episode so if you would like your name at the end where we say shout out to these awesome people yes hit the hit that button you could be Uh, one of them you could join join the the there's lots of them tons there's so many (laughs) Please join. Look, it's, we'll love be, you forever. You'll be extra special because we will remember you. Like you'll be with yes, some of the, the first ones. Yeah. You know? Anyway. It, going down in history is one of the first patrons of Get Commanded. That's true. Yeah, definitely. You could tell your friends. All right. Should we get to the transmission <laughs> for this week? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, so it's incoming from the deep depths of the galaxy from the Space Commanders. It's time to Get Commanded. Impactful cards are ones that meaningfully alter the course of the game, 
and take great strides towards the win condition of your deck. Ensure that you are considering efficiency and synergy when searching for cards with impact, but do not omit the crucial ingredient of fun. Like, we're, this is kind of something we didn't have time to talk about on our recent deck building episode. That's true. So this is like going to be a good hand holder to that episode. I yeah, guess, definitely. So that was only a few episodes ago. That was episode 37. That was our ultimate deck building template. We did all of what we reckon a commander deck should be in one episode. The number of each thing you should have, yep. how much card draw, how much ramp. And if you'd like some more depth on that, we have three episodes <laughs> explaining the exact same thing. Way back, 14, 15, 16. <laughs> yep. But yes, this is basically the, the, the kind of unspoken bit of that episode was which is basically the question how do i decide which cards are the right ones for my deck because like commander is the biggest format and you can have like so many versions of an effect yeah in your color in a billion different cards like mm. it's there's so many different variations of um removal there's so many different variations of ramp there's so Absolutely. many different versions of card draw there's different versions of this that the other so yeah i guess the question that we're really looking for is is how do i pick my cards yeah um and it seems like the the focus of this one is going to be on impact is the word that they use yeah they want, they want cards... synergy and efficiency were two yeah. words that we used but not to forget fun which is good because that's mm. basically the get commanded motto at exactly this point. It's right. like sometimes it's fun to play bad cards. a better game of commander is just a more fun game of commander to us definitely there's but... no official commander tournaments yet which yes. i'm saying yet <laughs> <laughs> gavin Ver is probably working on yeah. one right now i mean we've got game nights live that's basically like the the championship that's yeah. They're like they're more like international friendly football matches. That's, that's like, true. Yeah, that's true. Just an exhibition, people yeah. playing for. A I don't good know time. if I want like CDH to be like a tournament that is like, like monitored. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think if you did do a commander competition, like a genuine international one, it would have to be CDH because the reason why we include fun cards is to have fun with them. But you're not going to have fun when your goal is winning by using a shit card and therefore losing oh yeah do you know what i mean no, like, no. if you're talking about playing the absolute best versions of each effect to win that's that's, CDH. What CDH that's is. like yes. exactly cdh yeah. yeah so i guess that yeah we're looking at from a casual perspective mm. um which includes fun but there is a lot to say about making your cards more efficient more yes. synergistic yes and more impactful yeah exactly right this is definitely something i think new players struggle with quite mm. a lot um, we'll go into it when we go into each section, but I, I feel that new players especially don't necessarily... The, the thing is, when you when you put a card in your deck, um, there's a particular term for it that's not coming to my, my mind right now, I might remember it later, but the thing you're not aware of is all the other cards that could be that card. Right? redundancy is kind no, of... No, no, like sort of like, you know, if, you, if you're picking your hundred cards for a deck and you put rampant growth in... Oh, right, I get what you, you're saying. That rampant growth is a card in your deck and rampant growth will do a certain amount of work, but the thing mm. you can't necessarily measure is all the cards that could have been rampant growth in that slot. Yeah. So it's something that doesn't come intuitively to players the same way that saying like 10 bits of ramp and 10 bits of card draw does because people can put in 10 bits of card draw and then kind of go, man, I'm my... still not drawing enough cards. Yeah. And it might be that it's actually the card draw they've put in. There's, you know, like 
a hundred effects that could draw that card better for that deck, mm. I think. Or be more synergistic. Yes. More efficient. More efficient. Draw more cards. Yeah. I think this is a really good episode to send. If you're an experienced player um, that listens to the Get Commanded podcast and you've got a friend that's struggling with this topic, I think this is a really good episode to forward on. So any good new listeners, what's up? I feel like this episode will be forwarded on yeah. to some new players. Because I, I do believe that this is like... Once you learn the rules of Magic the Gathering, then you learn the deck building template. This is like that next step. Once mm. you've built a deck and you've played it a few times, you're now going, okay, now I need to like actually make it good. Yes. This is how to make it good. Yeah. Well, we'd like to think so. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we're going to, in the next hour, we're going to give it a red hot go. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks to the Space Commander. So I think we should start with the first word that they use, which was efficiency. So yeah. how do we gauge the efficiency of the cards that we're putting into our decks? I think the question you can sort of ask here when you're looking at a card that you're thinking about putting in your deck is how much am I getting for the amount of mana, life, and cards I'm paying? And you can sort of mostly disregard those last two being life and cards. Mm. They are relevant, but less of the time. Mana value is a really easy way to identify the efficiency of a card. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, how many cards are, are there out there in Magic's, you know, massive card pool for yeah. Commander that say draw two cards on them? But, you know... I, I guess knowing... Because, like, yes, you could say, okay, how much, what am I getting for this amount of mana? But benchmarking that is really yeah. important. I think you have to be aware of what the benchmark for certain type of effects are. Mm. So, like, the supplement question is, what's the usual rate that I would get? for this amount of mana. Well, yeah. what's the what's the usual rate that this effect needs? What's mm. the is it 2 mana? Am I usually paying 4 or 5 mana for this yeah. kind of effect? Or is there like a bunch of different options that sit at 1 mana that yeah. I could be running? Absolutely. And this is exactly opportunity cost. That was the term I was trying to think of before. Costs. Opportunity cost is when you're measuring what the potential impact of the choice you've made relative to the other opportunities you have. Yes, had. that's an economics and finance term as well. I actually. can believe yeah. that. Yeah, no, totally. So yeah, I, I'm completely with you, by the way. Mm. I think, yeah, it's really important to be aware how much am I normally paying for this kind of effect? And yeah, subsequently, is this the best version I could be playing or are there better ones out there? So the term that also gets thrown around a bit here in this kind of discussion is strictly better and strictly worse. I use these terms on a daily basis. <laughs> They're really, really important. So when we say strictly better, strictly worse, we're talking like, you know, the card divination, right? Mm -hmm. For two and a blue, this is a sorcery that says draw two cards. Mm -hmm. If there was a card out there, I'm sure there probably is. Well, maybe there isn't actually. There's an instant speed card for two and a blue that said draw two cards. We would call that strictly better. There is no downside whatsoever to playing this card and a lot of upside because it is an instant. When we say that, yes, there are technically times where someone might have a spell that says you can't cast instants and suddenly you wish you had divination. But for the purposes of this discussion, it's better 95% of the time. Yeah, because it's more flexible. It's more util. Like you can use it in more situations. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's even like a better like rate. And that's mm. what like I really want to dig my teeth into. Because I think there is, especially if... If, if you've been sent this episode and then you go back and listen to our deck building template, you're going to hear the numbers where you want 10 bits of card draw. Mm. When you're looking at those 10 bits of card draw, you need to be aware of like what the usual rate to draw one card is or mm. what the usual mana cost is to draw two, three, four cards. Yeah. Well, there's, there's definitely... Uh, 
a lot of strictly worse versions of the effects that we see a lot in Commander. So, yeah, yes, there is three mana of divination, uh, the sorcery, but also there are a lot of strictly worse versions of that effect that are four mana, draw two cards, mm -hmm. or five mana, draw two cards, because these cards were de designed for limited formats. They were designed for a draft... Um, you know, environment in which drawing cards is supposed to be difficult. So and, they have to be designed that way. And just like Syndrome said in The Incredibles, if every card is busted, no cards are busted. <laughs> <laughs> that is an exact quote of what yeah, Syndrome, Syndrome said. from The Incredibles. Famous if, legacy player. If Syndrome. you rewatch it, he's actually holding Black Lotus. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh so should we have a look at some, like, effects that... Totally. ...do, like, uh, there is a certain thing that your deck wants to do, and yep. let's kind of give it a bit of a benchmark. Definitely. So I think a good place to start... Let's... let's Random example, but creatures that enter the battlefield... So they say when this creature enters the battlefield on them... Yep. ...and they return an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. So the usual... There's a lot of effects for this. There's, there's quite a few. Yeah. The usual going rate these days, um, Archaeomancer is probably the most common. This one costs two blue-blue, so the mana value is four. Mm -hmm. This is a creature that says exactly that. Enter the battlefield, return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. There's also a Narcomancer, which is exactly yep. the same card, but it costs three and a red. So if you're not in blue, you can play that. Or if you need two versions of the effect, you could do that. So the usual If you're playing red-blue, which is the correct color combo to be doing this effect. <laughs> you could have two versions of the yeah. effect by playing both of them. So that's four mana there are quite a few more versions of this effect that cost five so yeah, mnemonic well, wall that's the one i was thinking of yep uh is it cronarch is another one this is specifically blue red but that's it costs five mana five. as well yeah yep but there's also one that costs six returned past caller so this is the one that's borrow so it's like red hybrid red white white and three so this one costs you six mana mm. it can get a, a spirit back from your graveyard to your hand so if that matters to your deck you could maybe play yeah, it, but I, most of the time, you're going to feel a lot better playing that Anarchomancer or that Archaeomancer, I think. Yeah, I think the interesting thing to consider in this conversation, obviously, like, are what colours are you in? Yes. And if you're in blue, you have access to Archaeomancer, mm. which is the going rate for a return target instant sorcery spell from graveyard to hand. Yeah. If, even if you're in Jeskai and you have red-white... Why would you be running Return Pass Caller mm. for six mana if you could run Archaeomancer or even Mnemonic Wall as yeah. an extra, uh, like even at five drop? Like, yes, you've got the colors, but you don't need, you probably also don't need a third copy of this effect. You probably only need probably maximum two in yeah. a deck like this. So you would definitely be looking at Archaeomancer mm. as like your first call. I think so. I think the other thing, coming back to that term opportunity cost, think about in a game the opportunity that you've lost by paying six for this effect mm. when let's say the spell you wanted to get back was a removal spell that costs two mana and all you have is six mana if you are playing return pass caller in this instance you're getting that spell back you can't cast it this you have to turn. wait a whole nother turn whole nother turn cast. before you're going to cast that that could be the difference between winning and losing that game but so it, for it example does, yeah. using archimancer you play archimancer you return that cast down yeah. back to hand cast cast down destroy the problem yeah. you're laughing yeah. you just cast two spells that's absolutely awesome. so so that's definitely the going rate for that effect and yeah like you can play you know there's instances where mnemonic wall is not 
strictly worse than well, Arcade Mancer if you're playing Wall Tribal, for instance. People play this. Yes, also you could be in like a five color deck and having two blue pips in Archeomancer mm. might just be too much of a stretch, especially if you've not got a lot of blue in your like yeah. mana base. Having um, Mnemonic, Mall, Mnemonic Wall, which is four in a blue, means there's a less color intensity, which means yeah. the mana is easier to achieve. Yeah, so I hope you're seeing like there's there's layers to the decision, but in general, we're leaning towards the, the cheaper version of the effect. Efficiency. Right? Efficiency. Efficiency, that's the name of the bit. I, um, a little bit of a side tangent, um, I think, which is really relatable for this whole section of this episode, was when I was in business school, when I was first using my, like, you know, sense of how to analyze data and, and how to do effects and stuff like that, mm-hmm. one of my professors said that you need to always be thinking of the two E's. And his two E's were efficiency and effectiveness. How efficient wow. and how effective is this? So, yeah, if you can get good in both of those camps, you're loving life. If your thing is really efficient and really effective at its job, fantastic. You're doing great. If it's mm. hyper-efficient and half-effective, you're still doing it really efficiently. It's thinking of those two E's, especially with cards, you know, in terms of mana value, mm. it's a good way to think about it. Is it doing the job correctly or is it doing like half-heartedly? Definitely. For example, you could get another creature that says return a card from your return a card from your graveyard to top a library for two mana but that's not returning it to hand so it's not as you know it's not as effective you're, you're as paying what it's less doing. but you're getting less that Correct. kind of thing yeah. well I think this is a really good segue actually into the next one I wanted to talk about which was reanimation spells specifically mm. in black so these are spells pretty that, much always in black yeah <laughs> most of the time necromancy colour there's a couple in white I think and mm. yeah mostly just white and definitely black but basically yeah spells that an instance or sorcery specifically we're talking about here that return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So if you're first building a deck, you might look at the card Rise Again and go, this seems okay. This is a five mana sorcery that brings a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. You're like, cool, pay five mana, get something back from graveyard to the battlefield. That seems amazing. Yeah. The thing is, there are so many more printings of this kind of effect. And you could be playing, in this instance, actually, I think this is a good example of what you're talking about. You could be playing Incarnation Technique. Mm. This is the same mana cost. So this is four and a black for a sorcery. Same that way. But you mill five first. So it's filling the graveyard to give you more options. More options for the card you're going to bring back. And also, it has Demonstrate. Which means you can get one of your opponents to cast a copy of this spell. And if they do, you get a copy as well. So you get literally double the value on the face of the card. Like immediately with the Demonstrate mechanic. But you're also getting ten cards into the graveyard yeah. to choose from to reanimate. So there's so much more effectiveness. Upside. Effectiveness. Yeah. yeah. So that like the efficiency is the same, but the effectiveness is way higher on this. Exactly. So it's doing the job better. Yeah. And then in in the same vein to what we we're talking about before, you could cast a card like Geth Summons, and this mm-hmm. one just costs one less. Um, but also, if you are playing a poison substrategy, or you know that's something you you're leaning into. For every um, one of your opponents who's corrupted, this is the mechanic from the recent set where if someone has three or more poison counters, they're considered corrupted. Yeah, this is from Phyrexia or Obi Wan. Yes. Um, for each one of your opponents that's corrupted, you can take something from their graveyard and put it onto your battlefield. That's pretty sweet. If you're in that strategy, that's where that mm, sweet, sweet synergy comes in. Yeah, but even if you're not, you're only paying you're paying four for the same effect. So, so it is one mana less. It's still it's, more efficient yeah. than the. Um, what was the Rise, Rise Again? again. That's yeah. way more efficient than the one we first set. Yes, and of course, as with anything in Commander, you're competing with some wildly amazing cards. So in our format, we also have Reanimate. Oh, well, in terms of efficiency, that's about as efficient as you can get. It's yes. one black mana 
to do the rise again thing. It, you do we, lose life equal to the ma- the mana value of the creature you bring back. Yeah, but we're in commander. We have 40 life. Yeah, it's, like, it's relevant so little of the time, especially when you consider, yeah, like we were talking about before, if you're casting that reanimation spell for one, you might have like five more mana to use in that turn. You might be able to play another creature. You might be able to do it again. You might have another reanimation spell. Yep. Like you could reanimate, you know, your Sir Conrad the Grim. This one triggers whenever you mill cards or bring him back from your graveyard to the battlefield. And then you could cast reanimate... Oh, sorry, cast... um incarnation technique and mill 10 cards mill 10 cards get two things back like you know yeah so the difference between casting rise again and reanimate and incarnation technique is like night and day yeah you might be able to win on that turn yeah that's that's pretty brutal that's how big the difference might be well what's another example I guess I want to look specifically because there's some pretty specific deck examples yes like that's a spell slinger example to return a spell from your graveyard to hand Mm -hmm. reanimation's a graveyard strategy I want to specifically talk about, like, we've referred to these as our essential numbers in deck Mm. building. Removal is one of those. Every single commander deck has or needs removal. Had a whole episode on this recently. It's that important. The best removal. Walt and I talked for ages. But, like, you know, you can use the benchmark of swords or path to exile swords to flash mm. path to exile these are one mana white instant speed spells that say exile target creature yep one gives your opponent a basic land one makes them gain a bit of life whoop-de-doo one mana yeah. exile gone <laughs> yeah gets rid of anything pretty yeah. much all of the time uh yeah it's hard to beat that definitely for efficiency for yeah. one um I, you know there are other versions of the effect that are okay angelic ascension for instance this is a thrifty thursday staple this is a thrifty thursday staple this one costs one more but you can also hit planeswalkers with mm-hmm. it uh and the thing that your opponent gets is a 4-4 angel which to be honest i think is probably relevant less of the time than swords to plowshares and path to exile but uh, that is pretty contentious i won't i won't uh, go out on a limb on that one it's probably about the same. I don't honest. know. A four-four flyer can be pretty threatening. Yeah, it's true. It depends on the board. I think. Yeah, but, it does depend on the board. Um, but you know, you're not too much behind the rate for two yeah. mana. But you know, expel from Strixhaven. This is a three mana exile target creature, but it, it has, has to be tapped. Yeah. So this is you can see how many levels below the ideal we are. Like especially when you're t- talking about a, a removal spell, if you can't remove the creature that you have to remove in that time, it's, it's not almost, doing it. Not very effectively. Spell. Yeah. No, yeah. You've got a card that might remove something. Yeah. That's <laughs> Instead of actually doing anything, you're not what you maybe want. doing it. Not what you want. But um, like, there's a bunch of different versions of removal spells in so many different colors. I'm thinking like black, like the cards like go for the throat, cut down or cast down or, mm. you know, cards like these. These are like two mana destroy target creature that's either maybe not legendary, not black. Mm. You know, two mana is like also a decent going rate for removal spells. Yeah. No, 100%. And, and in black, I suppose you have the the inverse thing of also thinking, and we'll go into this later, but synergy, there are mm. creatures that enter the battlefield and destroy a another creature. Ravenous Chupacabra being yeah, one of my favorite. that's probably the best rate Just um, because of my, its name, Chupacabra. It's also what got, got a great name. Yeah. Really cool art too. Yeah. Um, but yes, you know, that's, that's going to be the going rate for that. So if you find like a seven mana creature that says, when it enters the battlefield, destroy a target creature... Unless there's some, like, big other upside you're going to be getting, that's not going to be nearly comparable to some of the other effects you can find. For sure. Look, I'm going to bring up potentially a touchy subject for you because you've you've spoken to me about this card before. If we're on the white 
exile efficiency removal. Do you know where I'm going with this? Maybe. You spoke about it not long ago, and you kind of had a bit of an opinion, which I'm curious if you still hold. Mm-hmm. March of Otherworldly Light. Oh. This is the one from, I believe it's Kamigawa. It's definitely Kamigawa. Um, and it's like X and a white, and you exile something with mana value X... But yeah, X can, or less. Yeah, X or less. But you can also make it too cheaper by exiling a white card from your hand. So you well, could, and you can exile multiple. Yeah, as well. so, so you, you could exile six white cards from your hand. Make it, make it, cheaper. make it effectively X equal to six. Well, oh no, no, it does no. it by two. Oh, so yeah. you could, you could go tap one planes for one white, exile two white cards from your hand. Mm. It's now four cheaper. So yeah. now X equals four. Mm. It's look. It's tricky. Like, this fills the role that cards that I rate really highly, like, Generous Gift fill. Because it actually, yep. it hits anything. I think it's target non-land permanent. That's pretty good. So it hits artifacts, creatures, planeswalkers, enchantments. It's, it's doing all that stuff. The thing is, it's so rarely going to be worth trading that number of cards for that effect. So Especially most, in Commander, I think. Yeah. So most of the time, you're going to be wanting to pay the mana. And paying mana equal to the, to the amount of the thing that someone else has is like, just not what you want to be doing in Commander. For example, let's say someone slams an Avacyn, Angel of Hope. Yeah. I'm not paying... Yeah, you're paying <laughs> nine... Nine mana to remove an Avacyn. No. No. I don't think that's worth it. And I think most of the time... Like, people... This is one of those cards people fantasize about, like, oh, if I had, like, a full hand, I could get rid of anything. And it's like, yeah, but, like, what a terrible use of a full hand. You could also just run Generous Gift. Yeah. And that can hit literally anything. Yeah. And that's three mana, which, again, is not, like, it's, you know, maybe slightly more expensive for a removal spell, but it does hit anything. Yeah, this deals with absolutely any problem it, you, you can, can hit across. a problematic land. Someone's got like a Maze of Ith or a Gaia's Cradle or yep. some really powerful land. Generous Gift for one extra mana than the usual going rate of like one to two, mm. you can get rid of that. Yeah. So that's a really effective removal spell. Yeah. Decently efficient. Yeah. I would probably lean away from March of Otherworldly Light myself. I don't think it's terrible. I do think there's just so many other, especially in white, you could just be playing, yeah, like those really good creature removal spells like Swords, Path, Angelic Ascension even which Mm -hmm. I play a lot and then also having a complement of a bunch of artifact enchantment removal even just disenchant this spell has never been cost more than 25 cents to pick up yeah two mana destroys an artifact or an enchantment it's just like a great rate for what you get yep if you're in green you could run um uh, nature's oh, oh what's the so one? It's Return one to mana. nature Re- oh, oh nature's claim nature's claim one mana instant removal which yeah they gain four life for. but Whoop who cares yeah. yeah definitely alright well that's like pretty strong like idea of some categories and like Obviously, we could talk about every single type of card and look yes. at every single category. But if you want to look at ramp or anything like that, have a look on deck lists and mm. see what the average rate for the thing that you're looking at is. Definitely. I think you could also... You can use Scryfall, for sure, mm. to to look for cards. Use the advanced search feature if you're not across the syntax. That takes a bit more time to pick up. Um, but just, you know, type in a phrase like, you know... In the Oracle text. You could put, like, search your library for a basic land, put it onto the battlefield tapped. Search that, and then arrange by mana value. You can, like, Mm. rearrange the list. Look at what, you know, one mana spells do it, and then what ten mana spells do it. Yeah, exactly right. Boundless Realms, search for for basics. Mm. Definitely. I think I think probably the the best way to do it, I would say, and I'm going to, for once, lean away from Scryfall here, just because we're, we're talking specifically, as especially to new players well, in this episode. Well, are you okay? You're not using Scryfall? <sighs> I know. But um, if, you, if you just aren't aware of the, the format and what the effects generally cost, 
Go on EDH Rec and look mm. at the top cards because that those will show you the staples yeah. that everyone is playing. Well, like if you click on any white deck, Swords and Path are probably in the top cards for that commander. Yeah, oh, but you can also even just go to... There's a section where you just go up at the top and go Cards and then Top Cards mm -hmm. and it just shows you the like 100 most played cards in Commander full stop. That's the staples. Yeah, that's going to show you what the what the going rate is for, for Commander yeah. for sure. But I think the, the other thing we, we should talk about when we're talking about efficiency is more about making your game plan efficient. And when I say this, I mean, like, think about for the amount you're paying, like we were talking about before for the effect, mm -hmm. how far is it actually advancing your game plan? How close is it getting you towards winning? How much is it accelerating you towards winning? Sure. What's the actual sort of, like, step... How, how far, if you can imagine like a, a ruler yep. that's, you know, the, the, at one end we have turn zero, nothing's happened yet. And at the other end we have you winning the game. Winning the game. How far the, down that line does it get you? Does that single card jump you along that ruler? Sure. So I think one thing especially I've noticed new players do in this category is playing just like bodies. Like creatures that have like pretty cool stats in one or more ways mm -hmm. that don't really do anything on their own. And I think people are sort of like, oh, it's a creature. Like, I'll be able to smack people with it and stuff. But, like, Commander is so much more of the time won on, like, a big last swing. And so rarely by, like, incidental small swings along the way. Yeah, it's a very different format to a 1v1 format. Yes. Well, it's, it's so much harder to get through. And also, you have to leave up blocks so much of the time. Well, you've Commander. got three people potentially swinging at you. Yeah. Instead of just one. So, usually you can see, if you're in playing one-on-one, -on -one, you can see your opponent's board state. Mm. And it's unlikely that the creature they're going to cast has haste yeah. they've got no blockers it's pretty safe to swing right yeah no commander no, no. very different you've Absolutely. got three board states to analyze yeah definitely so like a card i've seen not a lot recently but like as an example like allosaurus rider oh yeah this is the elf riding a dinosaur right yeah, it, yeah. i always think it's a dinosaur no it is an elf i wanted to rider. put it in, i wanted to put it in my gisha deck but it's actually an elf it doesn't, it doesn't fully will not be no. a, a dinosaur for the purposes of that deck yeah this is like a six mana it's, it's an X plus one, X plus one power toughness. It's power and toughness equal to one plus the number of lands you control. So if you've got five lands, it's a six, six. It can be very strong. It can be, but, but it's literally just that. That's It's all the lines of text. The other thing it, it does, which is kind of cool, it's a fun little trick. You can exile two green cards from your hand to cast the spell. Like yeah. Without paying the six mana, you can instead exile two, two green spells from your hand. Similar to much of otherworldly light, you're not going to want to do that very much of the time. But this is just a body. It doesn't have trample, doesn't have lifelink, vigilance, any keywords. It's just a big creature. But this is the kind of creature I'm seeing people put in their decks. And I'm like, unless you are like so deep into a tribe that this is how far down you need to go. Like if you're in elf tribal and you specifically are building an elf deck that needs big elves for some reason, I don't know why you'd be doing that. But if it's you a were, weird elf deck. <laughs> if you were, I think Allosaurus Rider might be a legitimate one. Yeah, but maybe. like the rest of the time, I don't think you paying six mana for like a big creature that doesn't have keywords is going to be worth. Well, it. I mean, look, and and that card was printed a long time ago. I think that was printed in Cold Snap, possibly. Yeah, that sounds about right. Really low old card, but like power creep is a thing. Yeah. And for six mana or even seven mana, 
you could just look at the last four sets and be getting something way better. Like, oh, for yeah. example, like Titan of Industry. Oh, this card's got so much text it's on it. It's seven mana, and when it enters the battlefield, you can do one of 900 different things. <laughs> I think you choose two, actually. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, you choose two. Oh, I might be playing that card wrong. I, <laughs> think, I think it's like Destroy Tiger Artifact or Enchantment, like gain some life, Exile make, Tiger Player's Graveyard. I think there's a treasure token thing on there or as well. Or maybe you make like a like a rhino or something. There's like so much text on it there. It does so much. But, but it's it, also like a 6-7 with reach and trample, I think, or something crazy. It's kind of insane. And like, you know, you look at cards that are printed way back when and you go, right, for five mana, I'm getting a 5-5 five, five body. Yeah. Nowadays, you look at recent cards, you're like, right, I'm paying five mana for a 5-6 with reach and trample. Yeah. And it has a tap ability. Like, yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> M21, they printed that ridiculous card. I'm blanking on its name, but it's a five mana 6-6. Six, six. With Vigilance and Reach and Trample, I think. Oh, is and this uh, when um, it atta- Elder Gargaroth? Elder Gargaroth. Yes. And when it attacks, you can either like make draw a, a three, card, three. make a 3-3, three, three, or something else. Tell another. me Power Creep doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me Power Creep doesn't exist. 5 mana 6-6 six, six with Ridiculous. Vigilance, Reach and Trample. That would, that would, on its own, like 10 years ago, people would be like, what the hell is going on? People would want that as a commander. Like, yeah, it, like, straight up. It would be a legendary creature if it was strong. printed five years ago. Absolutely crazy. But yeah, so that's what you're competing with when you're looking at your big creatures in your deck. you got to think about like, oh, you know, there are creatures for a similar amount of mana that will have a similar power and toughness but have Enter the Battlefield effects. Mm. Or they'll have, you know, like a fight spell attached to them or they'll have like a text and then it says like, you know, this is six mana, six, six, I think, that says whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. Mm-hmm. Like that on its own, is going to be so much more influential than just a 6-6. Speaking of drawing cards... Yes. This is a topic that I think is... Like, there's lots of different debate on this because card draw is such an essential part to the Commander format. Every deck needs to draw some cards. When we're talking about efficiency in card draw, Mm -hmm. I think there's a couple of things that you can think about with this. Firstly, is it repeatable? Mm. Is this card draw going to draw you more than just one card? Or is it just going to put you one card ahead? Yeah. And also, like, does it synergize with your deck is another Mm. question. But we'll talk about synergy a little bit more later. But, like, card draw is an essential to our commander deck. Yes. But there's so many little questions you can ask yourself of, is this efficient enough at drawing me cards? Mm. For example, like, if you're saying, oh, yeah, this card says cast it, draw three cards. Mm. Fantastic. Harmonize. It's decent, it's four mana, draws you three cards, that's a pretty efficient rate. Yep. That's all it does. Mm. There are better ways to do it. There might yeah. be a way to have like a creature that can ETB be sacrificed and reanimated in a reanimated deck that says draw your cards. Yeah, I mean, Moldrifter, right? This is the, oh, there you go, there's a good example. So, so for five mana, this is a 2-2 two, two flyer that says draw two cards, but it also has Evoke. Mm-hmm. So you can, for two and a blue, you can evoke it. Basically, the end of the battlefield trigger happens and then it's sacrificed. So for three mana, this does a divination impression. Right? Yeah. It just says draw two cards on it. But then, yeah, if you can reanimate it, you can bring it back later. Or if you're playing a like a flicker kind of deck where you're playing spells like Ephemerate and, and that kind of effect where with, you can... With the evoke trigger on the stack, you can save it. Yeah, you can actually flicker it and then it forgets that it had evoke. So, the, I mean, actually I have a pauper deck that does this. But yeah. basically, you can evoke the Drifter, draw two cards ephemerate the Moldrifter it comes back you draw another two cards it can't remember that it's evoked so for four mana so like let's say you go 
evoke the mole drifter that's yep. three mana then you cast ephemerate mm-hmm. you you draw another two yeah so for four mana you've drawn four cards and then ephemerate rebounds in your upkeep you can draw flick his mole two. drifter and you can draw another two yeah for, so for four mana you've drawn six cards that's hot that's it's, ancestral recall level yeah <laughs> it's, it's crazy good and that's that's what you'll do when you lean more into synergy and yeah like if you're playing a flicker deck you might play a card like circuit mender for instance my circuit mender again this is the one that i think it it enters the battlefield and you gain two life and when it leaves the battlefield you draw a card i oh, think yeah. or it might, might be the other way around so like yeah in a flicker deck this is going to be really really good but i think some people especially new players are going to look at a card like this and go like oh this says card draw on it i'm going to put this in my deck but if you're playing like a goblin tribal deck you're not going to be drawing more than one card no. with this. And also, that could have been a goblin in your deck. Yeah, and like, look, like Spirited Companion, we talk about it a lot. We love the good little boy. Yeah. It does say draw a card, but it only says draw one card. Mm. And you will cast that card to cut, like, to, to get the effect. When it mm. enters the battlefield, then you draw a card. So you've basically gone net positive. Like, you, you've not made a card. No. You've not gone advantage. You've stayed where exactly you are. You had yeah. six cards in hand. You cast a Spirited Companion, went down to five. It entered. You drew a card. Now you're at the exact same space, but congratulations, you've got a 1-1. One, one. <laughs> unless unless you're actually doing something yeah. with the good boy, yeah, if you, think about it. You know, if you're playing, like, a, the, the dog tribal, you know, Rin and Seri, like That's synergizing then, with your yeah, deck. Yeah, that would synergize with the deck. Or, yeah, if, you, if your deck has, like, 15 versions of the ephemerate effect so yep. you know you're going to draw more than one card with it then yeah play it but yeah again if, if your deck is just like you know like a go wide token strategy I don't think that Spirited Companion is going to be the way to go well look I reckon there's like a good starting point for you know our listeners to go out and kind of start investigating you said EDH rec top cards were a great way to find it definitely Scryfall also is really really good yep. I think like if you know what to search for Scryfall's iffy like you know you, you've got to be careful about you have to words. know what you're looking for as you well. You kind of have to know. And so that's why I think if you're really brand new, just go to EDH Rec, look at the top cards, get an idea of what they look like, and then you'll know sort of what the rate is. But well, you can also go and, and listen to, like, if you for removal, I think definitely listen to our removal episode. Because sure. we talk a lot about how much mana you should pay for mm-hmm. each version of each effect. So definitely go check that out. And we even cool. talk about, like, the colours as well. Yes. And, like, what their going rate is specifically. Yeah. Um, but you know what you can actually do as well? You can talk to your friends that also play the game. Totally. And, and if you want, jump in our Discord. Ask Walt and I. Yeah. We'll help you out. Definitely. If you want, you sign up to the level of Patreon where we can rehash your deck for you. And That's we can look. true. There you go. That's how to, you know what, episode ended. Just sign up to our <laughs> Patreon. We'll sort it out for you. All the problems will go away if you sign up to Patreon. Um... <laughs> I think that I, I will say that that's that's all I, I think we need to say about efficiency specifically. Yes. We're talking quite quite a long time about that, but I did want to end with our usual disclaimer, which is you don't have to chase efficiency in every part of your deck. For sure. You can over-optimize a deck and make it too powerful for the decks that your friends are playing against you. And this might result in you never getting someone to play with and you disassembling a deck and crying about it. Yes. Like, <laughs> so, so I would say I think there are areas of your deck where you should chase efficiency. I think ramp and removal, definitely. Look, yep. at, look at the most efficient versions of the effect. But the like parts of your deck that are kind of the, the gravy, you know, the fun bits of doing your synergy and stuff, you don't have to have the most efficient versions of every effect. Doing that is what's going to make your deck leave every other deck in the dust. Mm, and to be to be completely honest, this is a thing that you can't just like sit down, listen to this one episode and immediately be brilliant at. No. This is going to take some time. You're going to pilot, you know, 
a bunch of different decks through your commander career and realize, hey, I've seen this card be cast a million times. It's way more efficient than the version I'm using in my decks. Mm. I'm going to go to the singles binder at my store and find two copies of that card. Yeah. You know, it'll take time. It'll t- definitely take time to understand all the levels of information. And like just playing commander and seeing other decks will help you understand this. Watch some content, see what the staples are like. Watch, watch Walt and I stream on the Discord. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, we've been talking for quite a while. I think it might be time for a thrifty a interlude. thrifty interlude. <laughs> if you are new, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's lots of to cover. There's lots of to the episode. We're going to talk about synergistic cards and uh, the fun that the Space Commander is talking about. But Important before thing. that... We do need to hear a little something about a thrifty card. Uh, so as is tradition, I will be bringing this card to life in monologue form this week. Uh, James, would you like to read the card I'll be featuring this I time? would love to read the card. And if you would like um, some context behind this, uh, stick around for after the interlude because we'll explain where you can find more of this incredible content. <laughs> but this card is super cheap to pick up. I don't know what it's going rate. It's probably less than a buck, probably. Surely. I would say so. It's yeah. insane. But this week's thrifty interlude card is Deadly Tempest. For four black and a black, you'll get a sorcery that's says destroy all creatures pretty good start and then it says each player loses life equal to the number of creatures they controlled that were destroyed this way have you ever wanted to dissolve into an eternal void life's troubles could melt away in a moment as you melt away in a moment leaving nothing behind but an office works printing card and a rusty spoon What do you have in your pockets then, weirdo? But one thing holds you back, I know. How terribly morbid and lonely it would be. Well, be held back no longer because Deadly Tempest, trademark, can jellify everyone in the immediate vicinity too, including your tiresome ant infestation. Don't think too hard about this one. Really, just don't. Please don't do that. Just buy one now for the low, low price of... Get punched So yeah, there you go. There's a budget card that you can pick up and imagine that every time you cast it. I really hope that uh, that weird car salesman uh, is in your mind when you cast out Thrifty Thursdays and Thrifty Interludes. Sometimes when I read those, I can tell exactly what kind of state of mind I was in when I wrote it. That's not one of those times. No. <laughs> it's just like, where, uh, where were you? You are? either blacked out or were like on some weird drug. I like, know which house I was living in because I know I was probably actually dealing with an ant infestation. <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, um, these are released in text form over on Discord every Thursday in our Thrifty Thursdays channel. So you can join the Discord in the show notes. Check those out as they come out. And you can see us bring some of those to life in video form over on TikTok at at Get Commanded. Yeah. um, We're actually doing some really exciting stuff on TikTok very soon. Or Mm. by the time this comes out, maybe one will be out. I don't know. We're working hard. We're doing our best. We're doing um, stuff. But yeah, uh, should we get back into choosing cards and yes. making sure we choose impactful yes. cards? Ones that are efficient, which we've talked about. Yes. But ones that synergize. Yeah, synergy was the next word that they, they referred to mm. the space commanders in the command. We talked a little bit about it before the Thrifty we did. Interlude. It's hard to go... They're, they're pretty intimately collect, connected, I mm. think, the two. Because, like, sure. you, as you move away from efficiency, if you're moving towards synergy, it's 
fine. So like you, you can have less synergistic versions of effects, but that are more, sorry, less efficient versions of effects that are more synergistic. And yeah. likewise, you can have the opposite. You can move away from synergy and towards efficiency. You can't, there's very few cards that do both, but if you can find them, obviously they're going to be really good. But And that's a definite include. If, yes. if you find that card that's more efficient at doing it than the normal rate and synergizes with what your deck wants to do, yeah. put that card in your deck. Absolutely. The thing that will happen more of the time though, I will say, like, I think especially a good example of this is tribal decks that you build. Oh yeah. You will find Because you build like these every time you build a deck. <laughs> it's so much of the time. You literally <laughs> built a spell slinger deck and somehow managed to make it human tribal as well. I set out to do what I did. <laughs> Thank you very much. Very conscious decisions. Yes. Um, no, but like in that case, it was a, a quite an obvious one, right? Like I want to be casting specifically human spells. Mm -hmm. So there were definitely like creatures that are really good in a spell slinger deck that I avoided because I was like, oh, actually it probably makes more sense to play humans here. But then sometimes they happen to be really good. So like Dekar, for oh. instance, was in my previous spell slinger deck. This is the five mana creature that says whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, I won't go into how it works, but you basically make a creature whose power and toughness are equal to the mana value of that spell. So yeah. cast a one drop, get a one one, cast a four drop, get a four four, etc. It's very strong. Um, that card just happens to be human. So when I was building the deck, I was like, well, this just seems like an obvious mm. include. But then I was in my previous spell slinger deck, I had Talrand, which is the four mana creature. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, make a drake. He's a merfolk. Oh, he so doesn't go in the deck then. Didn't go in the deck, but Murmuring Mystic did. So this is the four mana creature that makes 1-1 one, one flying birds whenever you cast an instant or sorcery. So yes, oh. in terms of efficiency, I'm paying the same amount for a creature that's actually slightly less efficient in and terms of what it does. producing a 1-1 one, one flyer instead of a 2-2 two, two Yeah, so flyer. it's in terms of that efficiency like line, it's definitely lower on the efficiency scale. But in terms of synergy, it's a human. So it synergizes with all of my human tribal cards that I'm looking for. So this is kind of the... The, the measure that you're looking for. Yeah, I think in the same way that we looked at efficiency and we're like asking ourselves some questions to help us choose what cards. I think there's a pretty easy question to ask around synergy to yep. yourself as you're picking cards. And the question is how many cards in my deck does this card that I'm considering synergize with? And you yeah. can literally count it. You can genuinely look in your deck mm. and go, this card works well with this card. This it also works well with this, works well with this, works well with this. I think generally you want as much bang for your buck here. The higher the number mm. in answer to this question, the better. Like, yeah. Generally, I mean, I've said it many times on this podcast, but if you have a card that you're looking at and go, oh, this would be amazing in my deck. And someone goes, why? And you answer the question like this. You go, if this card is on the battlefield when I cast this card and my library has this many cards in it, my graveyard has at least seven cards in it, I'm wearing my purple socks and the day of the week is only Wednesday or Thursdays because on Mondays it just doesn't happen. And there's an R in the month. Then, oh, oh my God, I just win the game. Okay, how often are you actually going to get that scenario? Well, there's an R in the month a good chunk of the time. It's so high chance, yeah. I reckon 90% chance it'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you have to like say if this, then that, yeah. if this, and this, and also this, that card is not going to do enough 
unless no. it has that situation. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the the big exception to this rule that we always outline when we talk about this is your commander. You can have cards in your deck that don't synergize with any card in your deck yeah. except your commander, and that's fine because your commander is a card you always have access to. So, like, you know, in that, that old Spellslinger deck I had, it was Tygam. Um, he, he needs to attack. I don't know where you're to, going with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So, the, the, in order to get the effects, I won't go into how he works, but you have to attack with Tygam. But he's only, like, a 3-2. So he's, he's a 3-4. Okay, but so he's still pretty likely to die in combat. Definitely, especially as the game gets late. So, yeah. like, I had the, the one mana enchantment. I'm forgetting its name now. I'm sure you'll remember. It's a blue enchantment. It gives it unblockable, and whenever it attacks, you scry one. Or it's either Aether Tunnel, or... Uh, I can't there's a the bunch name. of different blue unblockable stuff. Yes, but there's <laughs> a blue enchantment. And it, th there's no other synergy in my deck for things being unblockable... Except for Targam, which is that I need to be able to attack with him to trigger everything else. But I played that card in the deck because having that card and Targam was a thing that could happen a lot of the time. And you've always got access to Targam. I've always got access to Targam. And having the two together was also really, really, really good. Yeah, I think there's like a lot of cards that you'll go, oh, like, um, you know, for example, if I cast this spell, like, um, okay, look at an example, like Plasm Capture, for example, mm. is a counter spell. It's above rate. Of what a usual counter spell yeah, is, counter so mostly, spell is usually two. Yeah, this is green, green, blue, blue for a counter spell. It's four. It's also really pip intensive, which yes. is important to say. You have to have green, green, blue, blue open. But if you're in a big mana deck, you might look at this and go, "Oh, if I counter something that's also big mana, mm. I could generate a bunch of mana." Yeah. So the way this, the plasma capture works is in your next turn. I think it's at beginning of your pre-combat main phase, you make an amount of mana of any color equal to the mana of the of the spell that you countered. So if you counter a five drop, mm. in the beginning of your next pre-combat main phase, you get five mana in your pool. Yeah, so look, if you're in a massive mana deck where you need a lot of mana, this could be a good card. Yeah. But if you're just in a deck that's not caring about producing 12 mana on a turn... Mm probably just run counter spell instead yeah like it's, it's more efficient definitely it's also worth thinking like yes the amount of upside i might get from having like that mana it might be really really high but opportunity cost again yeah what is it costing you to leave four mana open at the end of your turn that might be stopping you from casting a really good spell in your hand because you're like well i need to be able to counter spell on this next turn cycle and i have to have four mana yeah. if you had arcane denial in your hand or counter spell yeah any of those two mana negate even two yep. mana counter spells then yeah the amount uh, that you are gaining back is actually all that mana again but that's like efficiency again right yes. so like if we were in a big mana deck maybe plasm capture is a good include yes like in the same vein if we're in a token synergy deck and we want to run a counter spell maybe we could consider running spell swindle which creates treasures which are tokens which could be used in our deck in yeah. like if we were playing a brutaclad telecore engineer deck mm. spell swindle could be game winning yes having know? all those treasure tokens would be really good yeah but I think, it, likewise, yes, absolutely that is the case. If you are just a deck that is not caring about tokens and you're playing Spell Swindle as your counter spell, I do think you are actually reducing the synergy of your deck, right? For sure. You That's could, not a card that synergizes with your deck very well. Yeah, you could be running a, like a counter spell. For example, if you're if we're on the topic of counter spells, if you're in Simic and you're a Creatures Matter deck, you could be running a card called Frilled Mystic. Which yeah. is a creature that's a counter spell. You could be running mm. um, the shark counter spell as well. That's yeah. a creature. If you're in a creature matters deck, why would you run spell swindle and not 
that version which has a body on it. Definitely, definitely. There's also some cards that sort of like cost a lot of mana and do a lot when they happen, but don't necessarily do things that synergize with your decks. And I've been finding increasingly that when I take these cards out of my decks, my decks actually work slightly better oh, yeah, because like, I'm chasing more synergy. So got an example? Mass Manipulation is one that comes to mind. I do love this card. It's a really <laughs> cool card. I'm not saying don't play it. It's, it's XX, so you have to pay X... Twice, Twice, effectively. Yeah. Uh, blue, 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 blue. So you have to have a lot of mana for this one. But you gain control of X target creatures and or planeswalkers. So it's pretty big. Yeah, if you Beefy. pay pay uh, well, 14, so X is 5. So you're paying 5, 5, and then 4. Taking 14. control of 5 creatures is pretty good. It's pretty sweet. Like, it's a pretty cool thing to do. And I was playing this in my, um, my Is It uh, deck where I can reduce the cost of my spells a lot. My Kaza deck. But the thing I was finding is like, yes, it's a really cool outlet for all that money to get all those creatures. The thing about other people's creatures, they don't synergize with your deck. Mm, if you're playing your Is It Kaza deck and you steal, I don't know, a Liesa Shroud of Dusk, which yeah. makes you lose two life every time you cast a spell. I don't need that. You d- that's not doing anything for you. No. At all. And like, <laughs> the thing you'll find is sometimes you'll steal something that is really, really good. But most of the time you'll steal something and go like... This is just a 5-5 to me. Like, Um, this is just a 5-5 creature. It does nothing else to anything that I do. Unless someone else is playing a Kaza deck and you steal (laughs) their creatures, then it it becomes good. But it's the same thing. Like, if this, if this, if this, it's great. I think, yeah, like, for example, Mass Manipulation is a great example. But if you're in a big mana deck that wants to generate a ton of mana, this is a really cool way of paying it off. Because if you get to, like, 20, 30, 40 mana... This oh, can yeah. end the game. This can be a win con for you. Yeah, if you're if you're playing a deck that is like aiming to go infinite on mana, mm. or even just make a hundred mana or something crazy, like a yeah. Krufix deck. Krufix got a horizon. Good, good, good example. You're frequently gonna have fifty mana in or your my pool. Hydra deck runs this as well. Yeah, it's an X yeah. spell. Well, that's a good example because you yep. get the bodies out of that as well. Correct. So that actually p- creates synergy in your deck. But yeah, if you have a really good reason to play it, absolutely do so. But like just throwing mass manipulation in your deck is not necessarily going to make it better. And I would actually argue, again, opportunity cost. You're moving away from something that could be synergistic with what you're trying to do. Yeah, we've even said in previous episodes that good cards can hold you back yes, as a commander player. Yes, they definitely, so definitely can. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a second when we get to a fun section, which the Space Commanders want us to focus on. They do on, want us to focus on that. But there... the, yeah, the other kind of card that I think, the, the approach you can have to synergy, if you're Trying to chase synergy, think about trying to avoid cards that are always fine and instead look for cards that are sometimes great. Oh, this is very close to what we were just telling people to not do. Um, It's it's true, but this is the two spectrums, I think, of when you're looking for cards, right? There is efficiency, but there's also synergy. So, like, you know, we were talking about card draw before. There's loads of of card draw spells out there that draw four cards, draw five cards or whatever, Mm -hmm. always. And so that they have that consistency to them. If we're chasing efficiency, that might be what we're looking for. Sure. But... In Commander, we also have access to cards that have massive upside to draw loads more cards than that. Like, in my Human Tribal deck Mm -hmm. that we were just talking about, I'm playing a card called Distant Melody. Oh, this draws... You choose a creature type and you draw cards equal to the number of creatures of that type you control. Yes. This is... I run this in my Zombie Tribal deck as well. Yeah, likewise, For the exact same reason. Really good in there. So, yes, there'll be times where, theoretically, you won't have any humans or in your deck you won't have any zombies and this card will draw you nothing. But it's probably worth it for the 80% of the time when this is going to draw you four cards and the 10% of the time when it'll draw you like 10 or 12. In my zombie deck, I have cast this card and drawn like 15 
I've done similar with like, my human deck it's pretty for sure. Bonkers. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's like an approach you can have with with synergy. Like when we're checking chasing efficiency, we're often looking for those cards that are always fine. We talked about it a lot with the removal, right? The like yeah, like for example, always hits something. Yeah, like generous gift always gets rid of a permanent. Yes. March of otherworldly light. You have to like you know it either hits nothing because you don't want to lose the cards. Or you have to, like, make it really not efficient for it to be good. Yes, exactly. But, like, you know, if we're looking in that same example and we're looking, talking about Synergy, in my Targam deck that gave my spells Rebound, um, I had a card called Crush Contraband, which is, like, not a rate you normally want. This is a four-mana instant that exiles basically an artifact and an enchantment or two artifacts or two enchantments. Mm-hmm. And or. And or, basically, yes. Um, it's four mana, but... If you can rebound it... Which means you cast it for free again in your upkeep. You have paid four mana to exile four things. That's amazing. That's pretty insane. So again, like it's the, the card is like always okay, but sometimes amazing. And that's like sort of that synergy coming in. Yeah, I think there's a lot to say for cards that like will do something. They're always going to do something. If a card that, like I said before, if you have to say it's only good if this, if this, if this, if this then it's terrible. But if you can say this card will do something on an empty board, mm. like it will draw me like two cards because my commander is this and most of my creatures are this, Distant Melody will draw me at least two. Yeah. Like it's still decent, but like think about what your deck strategy is trying to do. I'm a mm-hmm. zombie tribal deck. I want to make zombies. My entire game plan is making zombies. The likelihood of me making zombies in a game, very high. Yeah. Like think about distant melody in that deck against distant melody in like a deck with only three creatures in it yeah absolutely i think you can also think about like this is talking again to that question we said at the start which is how many cards in my deck does it synergize with mm. if every creature in your deck is a zombie then how many cards in your deck does um distant melody synergize with all the creatures that's like a very good thing to be yep. able to say about that card but yeah if the if all the creatures in your deck is three creatures then you're kind of going to be like oh, Maybe it's not so good. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's lots of different cards that sit in this category. I think it's you really have to be able to count in your deck. And we suggest using Moxfield, and you can literally yeah. tag things and really see it in a deck list online. And see things it, in multiple categories, which yeah. is the really big upside from Moxfield, yeah. And we generally, in the deck building template, we've said about, like, 25, roughly, above that is great, but 25 mm. pieces of synergy with a card means mm. that the card is worth running. Yes. Like, for example, my partner just built a mono-white Catilda deck. Yeah, um, so this is the one that's like Voltron, and it cares about how many spirits and enchantments you correct. control. Yeah, yeah. there's this really... They, they played a card the other day, and I was like, why are you running this? And honestly, props to Theo, my partner, for actually explaining it for, like, good reason. It's like a two-mana enchantment at the beginning of your end step. You can either gain one life... Or you can return a creature with mana value one to your hand from your graveyard. And I was like, how many one drop creatures are you running? There was like, I think I'm running about 18. I was like, oh, wow. Like, wow. That's a lot of one drops you could get back. And like those one drops are things like Alcide, which is protection yeah. for their commander. I know for a fact they also play Children of Corliss, which yep. is the um, one mana creature that fogs so you can sacrifice it to prevent all combat damage to be dealt this turn so you can just repeatedly get back cards like our seed of life's bounty which protects the fog effect yeah all these little spirits that like maybe etb and make spirits and you know all return an enchantment or like i was pleasantly surprised with how confident my partner was just going actually i counted it's a lot yeah (laughs) this is worth it totally i think the other question we can ask when we're talking about efficiency is is this the perfect deck 
for this card. And I think in the mm. case of that, like, you know, is this the perfect deck for the card? This is an enchantment in the it case of It counts towards Catilda's carry. Yep. yep. But it's also a card that's going to get back all those synergy pieces that are so important. So is this the perfect deck for the card? Yeah. Or, you know, it's pretty close to being the perfect deck for the card. I would argue that, like, unless you're playing, like, mono-white weenies, it can't get much better than this deck. I think the only thing I can think of is if you were playing, like, literally Lurus of the Dream Den Where as your, your commander. Yeah. Like, everything you're playing is two, two or less then maybe it would be better but like it's hard to imagine a better scenario yeah um but yeah this is again one of those ways it's going to cut co- this approach is going to contrast with chasing synergy is that like staples which typically sorry with chasing efficiency staples have that efficiency all over them but synergy typically has more upside associated with it and so you're going to find more of these cards that are perfect for this deck when you're chasing synergy so like a couple of examples yeah totally so I just built an Enchantress deck, mm-hmm. um, and I put Heliod the Radiant Dawn in it. This is the one from um, March of the Machines, I Is this believe? the flip one? Or all be one, I think. Yeah, this is the flip one. It's, it's Phyrexianized on the back yeah. side. Yeah, sick so, card. So I've seen a lot of people talk about the fact that this is like a, a flash card. Like, it, it's a card that on its flip side basically lets you play any instant or sorcery, anything from your hand. As if it had flash. Turns into Vidalcanori. Yeah, but also it reduces the cost of your spells by one for each card that's been drawn this turn by your opponents. Weird line of text, but can be played around. <laughs> it's pretty It's pretty sweet. So, yeah. like, on someone else's turn, like, they just draw their one card for turn. And it's like, okay, cool. Everything in my hand has flash and it costs one less. That's pretty good. Really, really cool. But As, the, like, a base rate, that's pretty sick. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. But, like, in order to, to get that to flip, you're paying four for Heliod. You're paying three and a Phyrexian blue to flip him. So, it's, like, seven or eight mana here. Yeah. That's quite a lot for the effect that you're getting, but Heliod on the front side just says, when he enters the battlefield, return target enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. Oh, so in an enchantment deck, this is just like, you know, like maybe a a sorcery spell that says return target card from your graveyard to hand. Yeah. But it's on a, it's on a creature that's an enchantment mm. and it has the upside of flipping and being an enhancer in your deck as yeah. well. So like the the this card is probably always reasonably good, but is this the perfect card perfect deck for this card? Absolutely. This is gonna trigger cool. my enchantress effects that happen when I cast stuff. It's gonna be triggering yeah, like all the different enchantment ETBs. You know, I might be triggering my bloody Nylea's Colossus. Oh, yeah, good to, one. to double the power and toughness of a creature until end of turn. But also on top of that, like we've talked about in a deck building template of an enhancer. Mm. It, like for example, in your enchantress deck, most of it I imagine is sorcery spells because enchantments yeah. very rarely have flash yes but being able to cast enchantments at flash could really turn you like your deck into like supercharge mode yeah so this in is giving you that as well yeah you know it's just it's it's so good in the deck because it's allowing the deck to do something it usually couldn't do yes exactly right in a similar vein like a card like deep analysis mm-hmm. this is the four mana draw two cards but it has flashback for one and a blue and pay three life I think it mm-hmm. is so paying four mana for a sorcery that draws two cards as we were talking about before in efficiency not really what we want to be good. doing yeah. but in terms of synergy if we're milling this card into our graveyard we're ignoring that regular casting cost and we're just thinking of it as a card that says pay two mana draw two cards that's a really really good rate yeah that is a really good rate and like if you're ever played a deck that you mill yourself yeah one of the big things about milling yourself is you see cards that you can't interact with let's say you're playing like uh, a scarab god deck like i have Mm -hmm. um scarab god can reanimate creatures from the graveyard 
can't touch instants and sorceries. Yeah. So sometimes I'll mill an instant spell or a sorcery spell that, I don't know, I might need at the time, like a board wipe or yeah, a card or draw spell. Removal or something. Removal. And I see it go to the bin and I'm like, oh, never again will I see that card. <laughs> so cards like this is perfect for a deck where you're self-milling because even if you mill it, it's still got value. Yeah. And it's better value than it would have been in your hand. Yeah. Like, that's perfect. Exactly right. So this is, like, going to be, again, moving, like, towards that synergy side of the of the spectrum there. Away from efficiency, but very much heavily towards synergy. There's a bunch of cards that, like, you know, in certain decks just go, wow, I didn't realize how good this is in this deck specifically. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the approach of thinking like yeah how much do I need in my deck before this starts to be really really good mm-hmm. and yeah how good is this card relative to how good it is in in you know your Scarab God deck and yeah. that token deck and that treasure deck because like, even certain things like for example there are cards that work with graveyard like you know there's lots of graveyard decks but some decks are different style graveyard decks like my Scarab God graveyard deck is very different to your Meron graveyard deck yes completely completely different totally so there's, different strategy in both of those that would be like better in my deck than it is in your deck mm. like for example a um i'm just thinking out loud here like maybe a uh violin tumor might be a little bit more valuable in my deck because i can cheat the mana cost of massive creatures mm. quicker in scarab god than you can do it in Marin. yeah absolutely or even just like like um Cards in my Marin deck that care... Like, my, my Marin deck is a like secret commander Gerard deck, right? Mm, so, it cares about creatures with, like, very high power. Um, and, yeah, like, you might be looking at your deck and going, like, oh, cool, I'd love a card that has really high power as well. But it doesn't really do so much for your strategy and your Scarab God deck, especially when... Well, Scarab God, the way it reanimates is exiling a creature from your bin and making a token copy. But that token copy... Its power and toughness is replaced with 4-4. It's always a 4-4. So all of those incredible cards in your Marin deck are terrible in my deck. There's there's cards I play in my Marin deck that say, like, its power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in all of your opponent's graveyards. That's pretty brutal. So that's going to be really, really sweet for sacking to my Gerard. Like, that might be saying, effectively... Um, deal 30 to every one of my opponents. That's so good in my deck. But yeah, if you reanimate that with Scarab God, it's a 4-4. So all of that text is meaningless. I do love games where you play Marin and I play Scarab God. I don't. It, it makes for <laughs> some really interesting stuff. Walt's milling his entire graveyard. I'm like, mm, yummy. <laughs> I can take that too. <laughs> uh, the worst thing about it is that Scarab God is instant speed. So I can choose my target for yeah. Marin in the end step and go like, I'm going to bring this back in my end step. And James is like, cool, with that on the stack, I'll take it. In response, I'm going to exile it. And now it's gone. My commander says, in your end step... It might not do much for me. Like, it's a 4-4 basic body. But you know what it does now do? Doesn't in on on your board. Not there no more. No, Marin fully reads. Beginning of your end step. Begin your end step. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Look, there was one final thing that the Space Space Commanders wanted us to look at specifically with Mm. this command. Of course, cards can be more efficient and more synergistic, but there is the element of fun in Commander games. Yeah. And that's like the most important thing that we're looking for. And some cards might not be the most efficient version. It might not be the most synergistic version of the card for your deck. But 
there is an emotional reason why we're running it, and that's because it brings a smile to our face and it just makes us enjoy the game of Commander that little bit more. Yeah, this is basically the Get Commanded motto at this point. Yes. Like, you don't have, have to fun. play the best versions of every card in order to have fun in your Commander games and to have better games of Commander. And I think there's something to say about the fact that Commander is the format in where you can do this. Yes. No other format allows you to play less efficient cards and get away with it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, like... Yeah, well, not really. Like, you can have cards that are super synergistic with a deck in, like, a 60-card format, yep. like Pauper or Standard or whatever. Or you can have super efficient versions. But, yeah, you very rarely have, like, someone be like, oh, I know there's a better version of Lightning Bolt out there. Oh, sorry, no, I know there's Lightning Bolt out there, but I just really want to play Shock. Because it's got this art on it, or, yeah, like, for like, whatever reason. You'd kind of... A, a, a player in a 60-card format would be sort of like, okay... You're Don't idiot. do that. <laughs> <laughs> Most players in 60 card formats would be like, but the data, the data yeah. says this. <laughs> um, and yeah, you could just be playing Bolt. Please play Bolt. Yeah, basically. So I think the question you can ask in this sort of approach is how impactful does my card actually need to be? Yeah. And yeah, the words that the Space Commanders used were don't forget the incre- ingredient of fun. So they're not saying like d- ditch efficiency and synergy. They're saying just don't forget that this is an ingredient in your overall experience of playing Commander. For sure. And that ingredient comes out more than you think when you play Commander. Like, mm. we just came home from a, a pauper tournament. Yeah. And we had fun at that pauper tournament, but we were having fun because we were with friends and stuff. It's a very different type of fun than playing Commander. Mm. I can't remember the games that I specifically played in this pauper tournament. No. But I can remember games of Commander that I played weeks ago. Yeah. Because someone did a certain, like, a, a play with a card that was a bit weird, but they had, like, a really good connection to it. Mm. And it did, like, some weird thing in Commander. And, like... Commander is just so special for this reason because yeah. it's, it's the most fun format, let's be real. It's unique in that way, I think, definitely. So what what are some of the fun priorities that we might have when we're looking at like this spectrum of our sure. deck building? What's, what are some fun approaches? Um, I think for me, cards that have strong sentimental value is a big one for me personally. Well, we're both of us are a bit of a culprit for this. I think definitely. Yeah. I think for me, it's it's typically the sentiment for me comes from cards that I owned. I've talked about this a few times on the podcast, but when I started playing Magic mm-hmm. when I was very young, like six or seven years old, I was playing Magic in like 2002. Yeah. Um, not that long ago for all those people who've been playing for a really long <laughs> Since time. Since like the 90s. But for <laughs> me, that was a long time ago and it was a very, it has this real rosy feel to it as you do about almost all it's nostalgia it's nostalgia and it's also that childish glee that you get from cards and so yeah in my Marin deck I'm playing Diligent Farmhand I don't think I'm ever going to take that card out of my deck because it's beaten up it's been played on concrete, unsleeved. I'd be shocked if you could get away with that card in a tournament setting because it's bent in the corners. It's like, it's really busted. All, absolutely awful condition. But that card to me symbolizes the time I was playing when I was a child. And also, actually, funnily enough, with Diligent Farmhand, it refers to the card Muscle Burst. It says, basically, if Diligent Farmhand's in your deck... So Muscle Burst is a three-mana instant that says Tiger Creature gets plus three plus three, and then it gets a further plus X plus X where X is the number of muscle burst cards in all graveyards. So the idea was you played a, a playset of muscle burst, but you also played a playset of diligent farmhand because diligent farmhand says this counts for muscle bursts effect in your graveyard. So if you cast muscle burst and you've got three muscle bursts and four diligent farmhands in your bin, the creature gets plus 10 plus 10 because it's plus three plus seven. Uh, anyway, so th- you should play muscle burst in uh, Merin uh, as I- a one-off. <laughs> 
I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that is... Okay. Diligent farmhand, sentimental, also sacrifices itself, so it synergizes it's still with Marin good, a little yeah. bit. But, like, muscle burst, yeah, that, that doesn't do anything. Doesn't, doesn't do that for me. But, yes, that, that card I'll never take out of my deck because it has that sentimental value. Look, I'm very similar to you. I don't have... Like, I didn't start playing Magic until I was in, like, you know, my late teens, early 20s. But, like... With the sentimental reason of having cards, there are cards that you, Walt, have specifically bought me that I, like, I'm refusing to take out of decks because you got them for me. Like, I remember when we were living together and started playing Commander during lockdown. I mean, that was, like, all we were doing. Oh, yeah. Every birthday, every Christmas, every, like, any event that was an excuse for us to get on, like, Card Kingdom or, like, any card buying website, we'd buy each other a couple of cards for a couple of decks. One of the cards for me that I still have in a deck is um, Army of the Damned in my mm. Scarab God deck. It's a fun, it's a fun spell. It's huge though. Yeah. It's like look, and in my it's in my Scarab God deck because it creates a bunch of zombies. It's a nine mana spell, I and think? then it has flashback for I think ten or might be a bit. Less. Might be like eleven or something. Yeah. actually. yeah, but it, it makes thirteen tapped zombies. I believe. Which with Scarab God can win the game. Like, yes, that is really well, game ending. Yeah, in your upkeep, you're gonna scry thirteen, and every one of your opponents is gonna lose thirteen. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's gonna end the game. But yes, it's not the most efficient version of a card. I suppose it's still pretty synergistic, but most of the value of that card is the sentiment. For you, exactly right? right. And I have cast it a couple of times, and every time I cast it, I will tell the pod that I'm playing with, oh, Walt actually bought me this for yeah. Christmas back in 2020. Well, that's that narrative that you construct as you're playing a game. And, th- and like you said, those are the things that stand out. Yeah. Months later, when you think about games, you think about the cards that had narrative associated with them, and that's a personal narrative yeah. in there. What what other uh, sort of fun priorities are there? I mean, think? like, definitely cards that are, like, a bit fancy, I guess, like, mm. blinged I, is, the, like, the term that we use. Like, yeah. a bling card that might just, like, be in your deck because it's, like, maybe the new serialized cards, for example. If you oh, pull yeah. one of those serialized cards, that could just be, like, a bit of a brag, to be honest, and be like, I'm gonna cast this serialized... I don't know, Tutu Bear that does nothing, <laughs> but it's serialized. But it's serialized, <laughs> yeah. No, that's totally true. I, I think, like, blinged out, but also cards that have, like, art that you really appreciate mm, as yeah. well. Like, I... It, this is sort of slightly related to art, but, like, I bought um, these custom tokens for um, the card Murmuring Mystic, which I talked about before. Oh, yeah. This is the four-mana creature. It makes 1-1 one, one birds when you cast instants and sorceries. Um, I actually bought... Uh, custom tokens and I actually had them um, custom changed the, the the text on them so they would match memory mystic so <laughs> they're specifically really cool. elemental Customized. illusion birds or whatever the, the card says on them but they're these beautiful like blue iridescent birds like flying over a wave yeah. and yeah there's so much more incentive for me to play memory mystic in my decks because I'm like I have these beautiful tokens I get to like bust out whenever I cast a what's spell really now. funny is you've had like multiple spells in your decks and all of them have included memory mystic well, I, just for this. I feel like I have to now because <laughs> yeah, I I, I want the excuse to to bust out those tokens. Um, I'm not sure if you um you you definitely remember the TikTok you created for Fido Titan. You remember that? I am a big boy. <laughs> I like to be large. That's it. You remember that TikTok? I do remember. That so TikTok. I remember specifically going through the store binder one day and seeing a like a pre-release promo of Fido Titan. 
And I run Phyto Titan in my Fire Life deck anyway, because it is a plant. Oh, that's right. Technically. But I specifically spent a little bit of cash on this promo version. It wasn't too expensive from memory. I think it was like $5. But I specifically got it because I was like, ah, this art is beautiful. It's like a promo. It's like this massive Titan plant with like a Venus flytrap head. And it just reminds me now so much of your TikTok. (laughs) Every time I cast it, I'm like, I'm a big boy. <laughs> well, but speaking of promos, this is the other thing. Like, promos are typically associated with. You can buy them like you did, that's mm. totally valid. But to, often, we the way we acquire promos is by either participating in a pre release for an event yep. or sometimes winning, winning them. Yeah. yeah, like winning an event or, or getting in the top eight or the top four for a, for a magic event that we've played for in. Sure. So then that promo becomes like not only is it the card and what it looks like and what it means to you as a magic card, it also represents a win you know you can like trace that back to wow I remember that pre-release and I remember going 3-0 in that pre-release it's funny actually I not a card but I have a set of card sleeves that one of my decks is in it's the um I think it's Whirlwind Denial, which is the art, but it's from the Strixhaven Archive. I think I know the ones because I know which deck you have them in. They're beautiful sleeves. They're gorgeous. And I definitely am never changing. They're a bit tatty now, but I'm really hesitant to change them Mm. because I won those sleeves at a pre-release specifically a pre-release in which I beat one of our store champions. And by the way, he's actually like back in the day when stores had store championships, he has been one of our store champions. Wow. This is Daniel, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And and he is an incredible player and I beat him in a pre-release, but even cooler than that, like I remember the whole story, right? Mm. We were sat at completely different ends of the game store, like literally like 10, 15 meters apart. Yeah. And we both pre both of our pre-release kits, we basically built a mirror deck of each other. Right. Right. And we were padding against each other for the last round. Wow. Both of us had gone 0-2, or like, sorry, both of us had gone 2-0, 2-0. So the winner of this definitely was going to win the whole event. And I beat him. Wow. And I like, I will always remember that competition. And I even have like in a couple of my decks, the cards from that spell slinger list that I pulled. Wow. Can't remember the specific ones now. I think I've got like a... Oh, actually, no, not in one of Command of a deck, but the preordains that I have in my Is It Blitz Pauper deck yeah. are that preordain oh, from that list. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's even the next level of like those yeah. cards came out of those that pre release kit. That you yeah. yeah, totally. It's, it really does bring a smile to your face when you play a card that has like sentimental value. Yeah. That really does mean something. Definitely. I think that's probably the final bit of the like fun category is cards that just like whether it's what they do or how they look or whatever, just generally like make you smile and make you go like, I'm excited to play this card. Yeah. For me, like I found this card recently. I don't think it's particularly good, but I think it's wild to resolve. It's called Jailbreak. I don't know if I've resolved this with you yet and I haven't seen anyone else play it. It's a sorcery for one and a white. It says return target permanent card from an opponent's graveyard to the battlefield under their control. What? Yep. (laughs) Weird first line. (laughs) And then it says, if you do, return target permanent card from your graveyard to the battlefield with equal or lesser mana value. Wow, that's actually kind of it. You could play this really well with some good politics. Well, it's also just two mana. And permanent card as well. Get any, any permanent. permanent back. So the, the way I think of... <laughs> it's the, not actually that bad. No, like you, you, you pick sort of something that someone kind of wants, but not their best card. Like let's say you just like pick like a four mana creature that does a little bit for their deck and you're like, oh, I've done you a big favor here. 
Cool, I'm gonna get my best card back yeah. from my graveyard to the battlefield. My Archmage Emeritus, which is about to draw me yeah. 30 cards. Yeah. yeah, I'll get that back. He's back now, yeah. yeah. Um, That's I, really cool. Every time I think of resolving it. Also, I just think it's hilarious to play a card called Jailbreak. I just think it's funny. It just makes reason. me think of the li- Thin Lizzy song, Jailbreak. The tonight there's gonna be a jailbreak somewhere in this town. Have you not heard it? No. Okay, I'll, look, I'll show you afterwards. <laughs> you have good. to sing it now every time you resolve it as well. <laughs> Mandatory. <laughs> but like, same reason, like, Werebear in my my bear deck uh, yeah. every single I think we've mentioned this multiple times on the podcast we as well because yeah. I was in a game the other day and someone said it's Werebear and uh, I was like you know about this and they're like James you gotta remember you talk on a public podcast <laughs> I'm like oh yeah right your, your stories are now like recorded <laughs> yes. the whole time Yeah, I, f- I forget there's a microphone here sometimes <laughs> when we're talking for sure yeah so this is one that's a two mana two two that taps for a green and then if you have threshold which is a mechanic that will never come back no you have to have seven or more cards in your graveyard to have threshold. It gets plus two plus two. It becomes a two mana four four. Yeah, it's like fine. It does three things not very well. Yes, it's bad rate for ramp. It's bad rate for buffing, and it's but it is actually a bear in my bear tribal deck, yeah. so it does something. You it know? also has absolutely outstanding flavor text on the original oh, this, printing of the yeah, card. This card it is says, amazing. Uh, he exercises the right to bear arms. And bear is spelt B-E-A-R. <laughs> well, I think bear would still be spelt that way if it meant the other thing. But yes, it's very oh, obviously yeah, true. Like, it, yeah, It's spelt the same way. But it's like bear arms, the arms of a bear. It's silly. Right to bear arms right is a bear. bear That's funny. It's, Come on, you- that's giggly. You That's, can't you no. can't feel bad about that. Exactly. Well, working out which cards are most suitable for your commander decks isn't always easy, but it can be easier if you know what to look for. Knowing how to gauge the efficiency of a card by analyzing the amount it gives you relative to its cost and finding synergy pieces by el- eliminating unnecessary sub-themes will make your decks more direct and well-reasoned. Never forget, though, that you don't have to find the best versions of each effect, and there are plenty of great reasons to play less efficient cards. So, Space Space Commanders, Commanders, Command command received. Received! There are so many reasons to take cards out of your deck, because there are cards that are just better, but sometimes, if it makes you smile... That's a reason for it to be in there. Absolutely. What a good message. I yeah. like this episode. Do you feel commanded, listeners out there? How do you choose impactful cards for your deck, whether it be synergy or efficiency? And do you have any of those cards that you will not take out of your decks yeah. because they have that fun value associated with them? Is there a objectively better card? Is it strictly better to play something else, but it's just too fun not to? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the best way to get in touch with us, of course, is to join our Discord, as we've talked about before. Um, it's in the show notes. You can chat with us and other members of our playgroup but you can also send us an email you can add us on twitter all of that is in the show notes and please if you have the time leave us a review on whichever platform you listen to us on so Mm -hmm. specifically spotify apple podcasts you can't do it on google podcasts we don't know why we've been talking to them for months they haven't fixed it but you know what you can do if you listen to us on google podcasts is you can tell your friends about the podcast yeah if you've if you're like the only person listening to our podcast in your playgroup and you think that we might be able to help out some of your friends that just aren't playing impactful enough cards (laughs) are just playing too many silly fun cards that make them giggle and never win a game maybe send them this episode it will definitely help them out yep but of course the absolute best way to support the things that me and james make is on Patreon. It's linked in the show notes, patreon.com slash getcommanderpodcast. There's loads of amazing tiers and benefits out there for you. Uh, and we would like to thank our patrons, Stella Tham, and an extra special shout out to Fletcher Cutting, who supports us in the Space Commander tier. 
You're the best, Fletcher. You are the best. And again, quick thank you to Palms Off Gaming for sponsoring our podcast. These guys are an Australian deck build, uh, deck box, uh, sleeve binders, uh, all these incredible Jackets, gaming accessories. Weirdly. Yeah, t-shirts, hats as well, which is really cool. All really nice looking though. Really cool. And they also have a really sick podcast about different trading card games. They explain what products they've made and mm. for what reasons. Go check them out. Palmsoffgaming.com.au well, that's all the magic stuff. So it is tradition to planeswalk out of what we're talking about and into something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we planeswalking out of out of magic? Where, where, where are we going? Well, yeah, usually we planeswalk away from Magic the Gathering. But to be honest, I've had a very Magic the Gathering filled week. So we're going to do a short planeswalk. We're planeswalking out of Commander? Out of Commander, okay. yes. But we're planeswalking into one of my other favorite formats, mm-hmm. which is Cube. Oh. Now, I know you've played Cube a few times I with have, some different cubes. But we haven't really talked about it on the podcast before. No, for those uninitiated, Cube is a format of magic where instead of drafting a set, for example, like out of a booster box. So booster packs where you have three each and you crack them and pass them around like that. This format is designed by someone. So they make the packs. So they create this like pseudo set i guess this this homebrewed set of cards mm. which is randomly shuffled and then split into 15 card packs or like you do 12 card packs 18 card packs if you wanted to yeah but then you get three of these fake packs each and you draft their set mm. now i um drafted a cube made by one of our local judges ellie so this cube was not simple. This was a complicated cube. There was some like, I'm getting my phone because I want to show you. I drafted a conspiracy in this cube. Oh, so these are the cards. We've talked about this before on the podcast because these are cards that are technically banned in Commander. Yes. Because of course they are. They specifically refer to you drafting them in a draft. Like yes. they're cards that literally say... As if, you draft this, you have to do this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you can't do that in Commander, so they're not legal in Commander. So I, I never played with a conspiracy before. And neither had I. Right. They are wild. So, they really change how you have to think about your deck. You have to be very good at magic to get conspiracies, I think. And the way they work is you draft them and then they kind of sit in like a pseudo command zone. No, they do they? sit in the command zone. But it's referred to as the command zone. But yeah. they're face down, right? Some of them are face down. Some of them are face up. Okay. If it's a hidden agenda, it's face down. Right. If it's a, like an effect that just happens from the start of the game, it's face up. But I drafted a conspiracy called Summoner's Bomb. Okay. Which is a hidden agenda. So, it's, it, so it starts in the, com- the game face, face down, down in the command zone. Yeah. But what you have to do is when you cast a creature... So basically as you draft it, yeah. you have to note that you've drafted it. And then you note two creatures that you drafted in your draft pool. Okay. Uh, or two cards in your draft pool um, that you can like refer to for this conspiracy so i just took a photo of it but i chose a pretty clever little combo i chose a card called mind link mech which is actually a relatively recent card from kamigawa Mm -hmm. it's an artifact vehicle that you crew but when you crew it it becomes a copy of the creature that crewed it weird weird but i chose to summoners bond pair this with sakashima the imposter 
Which is also enters the battlefield as a copy of something? Like it's a ninjutsu effect, it, right? No, no, no. It's not a ninjutsu, but it's just it's a clone. So it comes in right. and can clone anything on the battlefield, including my opponent's board. Right. So the whole idea is so that what's, I could... What's the conspiracy do? So when basically when I cast Sakashima the Imposter, I can go get Mind Link Mech. Oh, it sort of makes them have like partner with that mechanic. Yeah, right? When you of. cast one, you get the other one. Yeah, that's actually a really good way of explaining it. Okay. But the whole idea of it was that I could cast uh, Sakashima to copy something great and go get mind link mech from my deck to then keep the Sakashima safe and like swing and do like some Whoa. really weird stuff. Anyway, it was wacky. I didn't get it off, but I also drafted in this cube Tinker, which is another banned card <laughs> in Commander. And this one isn't banned because it doesn't work. This one's banned because it's crazy it's good. It's crazy. Two and a blue, you sacrifice an artifact and go get an artifact from your library and put it on the battlefield. Yep. Doesn't care about CMC, doesn't care about anything. We talked about tutors in the last episode and how strong it can be to tutor to the battlefield. This is a three mana tutor. Like the reference. Insane. People play Fabricate in Commander. This is a three mana sorcery that, that searches your library for an artifact and puts it into your hand. So for, yeah. That's playable in Commander. So you can imagine how good it is to have a three mana instant that puts it on the battlefield. Well, I'll give you the example of the play that I did. On, I cast a Chromatic Star, which okay. is very cheap. And also when it's sacrificed, you draw a card. Which is pretty good. On turn three, I cast Tinker, sacrificed the Chromatic Star to draw a card, and then got the Magic Mirror and just put that onto the <gasps> battlefield. This is the one that, like, <laughs> in, in your blue, upkeep, blue, blue. you put a counter on it, and then you draw cards equal to the counters on it. So, like, yeah. first, after one turn, you're going to draw one in your upkeep, two the next upkeep, three the next. Yeah. Wow. That was in turn three. I cast a nine drop, or put a nine drop onto the battlefield on turn three. That's sick. It was a wild cube. So, shout out to Ellie, our local judge that built it. Uh, she is on our Discord. She is actually available to chat with as a judge. Um, so if you join our Discord and are in our local area, you might be able to play this cube. It's yeah, wild. Definitely. So not a big planeswalk from Magic this <laughs> week, but I could not not talk no, about this. It was a great time. Sounds like a blast. I'm sad I missed yeah. out on that one. I have to jump in on the next one. Well, that's all we have time for on this week. So we'll see you next Friday for another transmission from the Space Commanders. Goodbye, Commander players. Bye.